We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. My name's Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers for the fine folks here at Blue Wire. And joining me tonight, officially, our new co-host, no longer a special guest or a slightly less special guest, none other than Niners Nation's own KP, Kyle Posey. Do you feel different now that it's official or you just like feel the same? Just a guest. Just a guy. <laughs> Just a guy here with you. No, man, it's cool. I'm glad. Uh, we're going to have a good time, and we're going to have fun just talking 49ers football. That was the big thing I told Crocker, because Crocker actually just texted me today. We, we've been, and obviously, it didn't get weird. We always text. And uh, he uh, he said, hey, man, congrats on KP. That's like a big get. And I was like, I texted him back. I was like, yeah, he was pretty much the only person out there that I felt like I could maintain the dudes talking about football vibe. Like, I'm... It just there weren't a whole lot like I'm without trash at anybody. I'm just saying there there weren't a whole lot of options that I considered out there. So I was glad like my first choice worked out. Yeah, we've gotten some uh, nice comments, man. It's been good. Otherwise, I would have just fucking resented you and had to like <laughs> find some like <laughs> find some like second best that I wouldn't have been sold on and would have just been making the best of it. So just name dropping me, just name dropping me in every pod, and we don't talk about that other guy who didn't want to. Yeah. Do yeah, that, that fucking guest who's not on it and never going to be on here anymore. That would have been great. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, man, I'm happy to have you, man. It's uh, and I, the big thing that I that I that I didn't I didn't necessarily tweet about is like I feel like you get me when it comes to the way I think about football and the way I think about things that people say about football. So you know what I mean? Like I sh- I feel like we we look at football under a similar lens. We we both are very sarcastic. We're both we both coach football, you know, and it, it it's just fun to watch what other I'll just say that it's fun to watch what other it's just as fun to watch what other people say about football as it is to talk about it. Absolutely, and uh, we we both kind of dig into it the same way and look at it the same way. So it's it's good in that sense. 
I think you're smarter than me when it comes to like breaking down the game, though. So maybe I'll be able to. And as was as was Crocker, so I'll be able to uh, to take a, a few things from you on that regard and maybe implement it in uh, in my middle school coaching career. Yeah, wide receiver drills, baby. I got you. I know, man. <laughs> that way, I don't have to do the same ones every day. Um, so, anyways, 49ers stuff. They got in trouble. They got a slap on the wrist. Um, so just to, to break it down, if you guys miss that in no way is it a big deal. I'm not, we're just, Hey, we're in the middle of the, the deepest part of the off season. There is not going to be anything for, a, you know, the next like 40 something days. So we we're scratching the surface here, but, um, 49ers apparently, I think it all stems from, it hasn't been confirmed by anyone per se, but the rumor is, um, Diamador Lenore, right? That's how you say it? Diamador Lenore. Got it. Nice. Okay, I got it. I got it. Um, he he posted that video of um the one of the footage from practice where he was one on one against former or not former uh undrafted free agent receiver Austin Watkins and just strapped him up. Like Watkins tried to go every which direction. Lenore wasn't Demo wasn't having any of it. And strapped him up and then picked the ball. It was a beautiful interception. Nice little hands catch. Um, it was really funny to listen to everybody who was like, why did Trey Lance throw that? Like, right. In a drill. <laughs> it's one-on-ones, man. Like, what? why wouldn't the quarterback throw the ball? <laughs> and that stems from, from also, and Crocker and I love to joke about this, was people are so hesitant or resistant to, like, allowing the defense to make a play like the quarterback throws the ball because an interception in a one-on-one drill is a good thing. Absolutely. Right. Both. There's two players out there. The quarterback's kind of secondary. Obviously you want the quarterback to make a good throw and it's a, it's a practice rep for them, but there's two players out there. Either one of them making a play is a good thing for the 49ers. You get yelled at for not throwing the ball. Right, yeah, because and, and 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 you'll have the the defensive coordinator screaming down your neck if if you don't throw the ball after the DB made a play because like especially in one on one drills, one on one drills for defensive backs is a nightmare. It's like sucks. it's really really difficult. So the fact that if Trey Lance wouldn't have thrown that ball, he would have had more than one coach and other players screaming at him for not throwing the ball because that's not the point. You scared, Rook? You scared, Rook? Like, what? You, you just imagine. <laughs> hey, why don't you throw that, Rook? What are you doing? <laughs> um, so, yeah, video got po- – he posted a video of him of him making that play, and I don't blame him for being excited, but apparently the one-on-ones, the contact uh, was against the rules, and the NFL has not fined the 49ers. They made them lose a week of rookie – development and kp and i have no idea what that means yeah like what happened what does that mean they they ended their rookie camp that was already over a few weeks ago um but they can't do mandatory minicamp now but they're going to still stick around so what <laughs> what is the actual punishment here uh we, i wonder if there's going to be a monetary figure that comes out but even if that's the case uh, i don't think that jed york's going to have a problem opening up his checkbook for what like forty thousand at the most Right. It, it's not going to be a lot. And it's just, it's one of those things that I guarantee you all the NFL teams do it. And the NFL probably doesn't give a shit that teams do it. But since it got posted on social media for everybody to see, you know, including the Players Association, all that stuff, 
they had to, it, it was a cover your ass move, you know, a CYA. And the, so the NFL had to punish him since it was out there that they were doing one-on-ones when they shouldn't have been. And that's really the gist of it. Like it's, they got caught. That's it. Like no one cares. Yeah. I think I imagine the 49ers front office, they just kind of laugh this one off. Like, oh, all right. We won't do it again. We promise. And probably did it the next day. Right. It, so it was, uh, yeah, it's, it's just not a big deal. It's not a big thing. It, you know, if somebody mentioned like draft picks, <laughs> I mean, we're not, we're, we're way far away from that, but then you'd be talking about a big deal, but it was not, it was not a big deal, but, um, probably the, the most, the most noteworthy thing other than that to happen over the past couple or past day and a half or so was, uh, Kyle Shanahan and offensive coordinator, Mike McDaniel, uh, spoke to the media. A lot of little tidbits that we could talk about. A lot of just little interesting things here and there. Um, you know, like he, Kyle Shanahan highlighted the injuries a little bit. Uh, really kind of the point he made was, is they're not, there's not a whole lot that they can do to prevent these injuries that they're not already doing. Like, there's, there's just so many quotes I can get down here. And, you know, one of the things that he made a point of right away he was like, we hadn't even come in for anything in the facility yet last year, and we'd already lost Debo to a broken foot, DJ Reed to a torn pec, um, Tease Tabor to a, a foot, um, and then uh, Richie James to a broken wrist. Yeah. And and that wasn't even at practice. So, you know, I don't know what was you you were you were in the uh, you were in the Zoom. Uh, KP for both press conferences. What did you uh? What was your? I mean, what was your overall feeling just from those two? Yeah, he was basically like, "Yeah, what do you want me to do?" <laughs> that was that was what he was trying to say. What what do you want me to do different? What can I do different? Um, because they're doing the people that are getting hurt are getting hurt on air or something in the way that you don't expect them to get hurt. Tarvares Moore happened by himself doing a backpedal drill that every DB does. Every day in practice, there is nothing that the 49ers could do about that. What's going wild, all the way down to elementary school? Yeah, yeah, like that's <laughs> that is a an everyday drill. So the fact that Moore was hurt and school was hurt within three plays that is nuts. Because Kyle Shanahan said he didn't stop practice after that. Which if if both people go down because when we talk about go down, we imagine it's literal go down, hit the ground. The uh, the shock factor um, from seeing your teammates go down in a matter of three plays is is kind of crazy to me. So that was, I mean, that was part of my takeaway. Where, oh, we're just, just going to play through that one too, huh? And <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah. Right. So it was uh, it was, it was an interesting press conference in the fact that it just – it just kind of was was not beating a dead horse. Obviously, I understand why why these questions are being asked, but it was really like there's there's nothing that the 49ers can do that they're not already doing in these practices. They invest so much into these players, and we talked about it in the last podcast. They invested they've invested so much into these players. They're not they're never going to do anything that they feel like is exposing them to any more than your typical amount of injury risk. It's just never going to happen. So the fact that these guys are getting injured playing football is just like it, it sucks, and it seems like the 49ers have some type of injury curse, like we joked about. But I mean, there's it's not necessarily the fault of anybody. Um, 
former NFL DB uh, Will Blackman was on Crocker's YouTube channel, I think yesterday. And the, he kind of echoed what KP and I were talking about on our last time we were on here. And the fact that these NFL players are just pushing their bodies to the absolute limit on a daily basis. You know, you've got practice, you've got weight, uh, you know, time in the weight room. And, and that might even be twice a day for some of these guys. And you've just got an entire body that's in a constant state of trying to recover. And a lot of times they don't give their bodies enough time to recover. They don't take the necessary steps to help their body recover, whether that's, you know, ice, heat, and, you know, depending on what their diet is and anything in between. And it's just, you know, it's going to happen. And that was, that was uh, Will's take on everything was it's just, they're, they're just doing too much and they're not getting a chance or, you know, not necessarily getting the chance. They might not be giving themselves a chance to recover or doing it in the right way. And, And obviously we can't really make any like generalizations about it because, we're not there. We don't know what they're doing. And even somebody who did everything right and has recovered to the absolute best a human body can recover is can still get hurt. So it's just one of those frustrating things that the 49ers have just come to know all too well. And the big quote for me that Kyle Shanahan kind of touched on was, it's like, you have to play football to get ready to play football. Like, that's just the way it is, right? Yeah, it's a contact sport, man. And, and they're going to have to hit each other in a contact sport. And there's no way around that. People want to then be in bubble wrap or just not to touch each other. It's football. That's just how you prepare. So, yeah, it's it sucks because we want to know what they can do different. But it all, it all comes back to preparation. And in football, uh, there's just no way around it. So, yeah, I, I – I feel for him, man, because I don't. There's no answer. There's no one answer to solve this issue. And yes, it sucks because it's been going on since 2017. But to pretend like the 49ers have only been suffering injuries since Kyle Shanahan took over is pretty naive. Right, right. Um, instead of practicing the uh, the four, no, what well, we got to bring up the one you know, Kyle Shanahan was asked by none other than Grant Cohn. Um, the wonderful, the always interesting, the entertaining Grant Grant Cohn that everybody knows his voice the moment he asks a question. Um, Grant asked Kyle if uh, if he considered canceling practice after because you had apparently front by the sound of it it was it was Timor first Timo and then uh, and then Justin School three plays later or two plays later yeah and so but at the time you don't necessarily know what kind of injury it is. A lot of times there's football injuries that seem serious and end up not being serious. So it's not like in the middle of practice, a ambulance was driving out onto the field to pick these guys up. They were just injuries on the field. And then you find out later kind of how severe they are. Um, and, and Grant asked him if he'd consider canceling practice and Kyle Shanahan kind of like scoffed at the idea. He's like, no, I'm, I'm that would be weird. Like, it just, that's really all he said. It's like, no, canceling practice would be weird. Like, we just have to keep going. I mean, I was was there with Nick Bosa. You know, uh, you know, he hurt his ankle real bad, and you know, they kind of like you get him off the field and you just keep going. Like, it is what it is. Unless it's some very very extreme injury, then there's nothing that's going to happen differently. And it it, it kind of you can't like you have to you have to keep going, right? So he said. <laughs> He was like, unless you think I should, uh, no. <laughs> and then he also added, so I think that'd be extremely weird. 
<laughs> yeah, he did. He did. He was he was pretty pretty perturbed by that. But yeah. it's it is what it is, guys. Like it's football. If if you haven't played it, and this isn't one of those, you know, stand on a soapbox, I played football type things, but if you haven't played it, it's just hard to it's hard to know just how insanely physical it is, even when you're not making contact with somebody else. Like just the amount of things you're doing in in a, in such a explosive movements constantly, it it to me it's almost when you think about it that way it's almost surprising that more people don't get hurt. Absolutely. So he he also said that uh, Shannon said they change it up. It's not like they're doing the same thing every day. He said that there are some days where there are low rep days, some days where there are heavy rep days, and just a lot goes into that. He also said he's he's evolved and the team has evolved in how. Just they look at things, and it, it hasn't been the same since 2017. So while it may look like they are doing the same thing from the outside looking in because the injuries haven't changed, he, he pretty much went out of his way to tell us, I am trying. I'm doing what I can, but it's still not working, man. And that's, that's how we kind of chalked it up to it is what it is. Right, right. It is what it is. Uh, one of the things he did get asked about that – is going to be an interesting topic probably throughout the majority of training camp was the uh, kind of the battle for the wide receiver three spot that was vacated by Kendrick Bourne, who now plays for the New England Patriots. Um, some of the names he, he mentioned by name were uh, Richie James, Juwan Jennings, Mohamed Sanu, Travis Benjamin, um, and Kevin White. So I, did anything about that conversation stand out to you? I, I'm assuming we're at a point where there just isn't a whole lot to take from it yet. But um, what do you think, man? No, I think that he just named the people probably who have been out there. So he named Richie James and he named Juwan Jennings first. So that was kind of interesting. But at the same time, like, oh, Jalen Hurd, what is he doing? And then he, after that, he went on to essentially name the other guys who have played. So Travis Benjamin and Kevin White. Um, I mean, we've seen Kevin White. And he said Kevin White's been doing great. And <laughs> that's just peak coach speak right there. He said Travis Benjamin is having a hell of a camp. Again, he's a, a veteran who's been around forever, so I imagine he's going to look a lot more comfortable than the younger dudes. I, I don't think that we'll be able to tell much of anything until a few practices during training camp. So even if you know one of these guys balls out to begin with, do it consistently, and that's how they're going to be able to get on the field. So we know they have Ayuk. They know, we know they have Debo, but I like Kendrick Bourne a lot more than other people do, and I think he's more productive and just – he he was what they needed, like a tough guy to go over the middle. Oh, this 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 has been a very pro Kendrick Bourne okay, podcast good. for a very long time. Perfect. Oh yeah, justice for KB is the thing. Crocker was Crocker was one hundred percent bought in. I was one hundred percent bought in, and and we had conversations about Kendrick Bourne before he'd even made the roster. So yeah, this is any any praise for one Bourne comma Kendrick that you have. Uh, is is just graciously accepted here. Yeah, he, to me, had comfortably the best hands on the team. And obviously, you know, you remember, when you think of Kendrick Bourne, for whatever reason, you think of like the drop against Seattle and not the tough catches that he made over the middle on the third down, uh, which he seemed to do a lot more than the drops, but that's not what the fans' brain remembers. So replacing that, I don't think it's going to be as easy as people think. And obviously, you know, having Ayuk or Debo or Kittle healthy will make it um, more of a seamless transition. But they have to have a guy in the slot or somebody who can just win um, a third receiver who can win. And he doesn't have to be, you know, an all-pro guy, but just somebody who's consistent. So 
it seemed like that guy can be Richie James just because what he did against the Packers, yeah, he was open a lot, running wide open down the middle. But I think, <laughs> he <was. laughs> like he has the skill set to be. I remember, and this is just going off on a tangent, the first mini camp practice that I went to, I legit thought Richie James was going to get cut. He was that bad to me. And uh, he's just gotten so much better um, just as far as like a route runner and getting opportunities, obviously. But he, this will be his, his best chance to be wide receiver three because I, I think if, if it's not this year, I don't know when it, when it will be. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Right. Yeah. I, I, I was, it was weird how I approached that Richie James game because I was trying to talk to Crocker about it both on the air and off the air. But I was like, like, obviously you can't really downplay a game like Richie James, 180 yards and two touchdowns. But at the same time, like I was like, that to me looked like one of the easiest 180-yard, two-touchdown games I've ever seen. So, <laughs> like, all I tried not to get too fired up about it. It just came off like I was a hater, and, and you know, like, that's all it came off like. But I was just trying to limit my expectations for, like, look, like, that was a great game, but it's not like the 49ers have, have just kept this – 200 yard receiver <laughs> per game on the sidelines this whole time. Like, like he's just been it, killing it in practice the entire time like that too. Yeah. It, 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 it wasn't a reflection of kind of, you know, what his status with the team, I guess, you know, it, it was a hard to, for me to kind of describe it, but, and I, you know, I, I'm agree. I agree with you on the fact that I don't think there's a whole lot we can take from one Shanahan's comments or two from the roster battle right now. there's just, it's just going to be impossible to know who really lays claim to that spot. You know, I guess if you had to pick a favorite, it'd probably be between like Richie James and Muhammad Sanu, um, you know, with maybe Juwan Jennings kind of in the mix. I know they want to get him involved, but he just, you know, he was on the practice squad last year, but he had that really, really bad quad injury where, where Kyle Shanahan kind of alluded to the idea that it was like, if it were, if he were like playing that it would have been like a season ender, you know, it was just really, really bad. He didn't, so, so Jennings didn't start rehabbing until one of the very last practices in December. And even then, he was still just like jogging along the sidelines. So yeah, I think the muscle like came away from the bone like a lot. Yeah, like he, so, uh, he was just running routes with a, a, one of the coaches by himself off to the side. So it must have been really, really bad. Yeah. 
Yeah, and even then, Juwan Jennings, he's a seventh round pick. He did some good things in college, but you know, it's not really he's a seventh not really a, right. Yeah, you're not really expecting him to just march to the front of the line. And if anybody's concerned about the fact that Kyle Shanahan didn't mention Jalen Hurd, he's not participating right now. He's still recovering. They're not going to get him out there yet. Kyle Shanahan does hope that he's going to be able to partake in training camp, but that you know, if you were someone still holding on to her hope, holding on to hope with Jalen Hurd. Uh, yeah, it, it's not, I'm not, you know, he, he's not breaking your heart. It's just, he's not doing anything right now. So there's not really a whole lot that he could talk about, but, and then the last thing he kind of touched on was why the team didn't trade for Julio, which I mean, what do you think, man? It kind of seemed like all the reasons you could justify them not making that move for what he talked about. Yeah, I mean, he made it sound like it was pretty simple. I and mean, obviously, he wants Julio. He wanted to reunite. But uh, he, he said they have a lot of guys on one-year contracts. I love when Shannon says things like that. Or <laughs> <laughs> he just adds it in at the end. But a second and a fourth wasn't a lot. But then he just mentioned everything that they have going on. So like I just said, um, the one-year contracts, the investments that they have into current receivers. So it, it, it was essentially everything that we have talked about and just how, you know, they've gone about building their team, whether it's through free agency or the draft. And you just mentioned that it, just adding, you know, Julio would have been tough and just based on, you know, how they want to build their team. So I get it. It makes sense. It would have been nice, obviously. Because did you see that video going around of Julio just doing wide receiver drills? Yeah, man, he looks good. He looks like <laughs> you know? Julio Jones. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like he's one of the best receivers uh, <laughs> right. to ever play. Like, you know, like he would instantly like be really good. Yeah, he would have instantly been the best. People were acting like he would have been the best receiver on the 49ers, which is wild to me. It's still Julio he wouldn't Jones. have been. Yeah, people, that was a legit thing. Where hey, we have Ayuk. <laughs> We have Debo. We don't need Julio Jones. Well, <laughs> to me, when somebody says like like, when somebody says that, I'm like, dude, I I have a very high opinion of Brandon Ayuk and what he can become, and I like Debo, but I would never in a sentence say, we have Ayuk and Debo. We don't need Julio. Like, oh, what did you just say? <laughs> oh, that's like cringe right there because yeah. So think about it. Ayuk just coming off a rookie season, a very good one, and he is going to be a very good player. I think if he just kind of unlocks a few things and figure some things out. He has a chance to be special, but I agree. He, I mean, compared to what Julio is, we're not even talking <laughs> about the same level of player. And that's yeah. no disrespect to Ayuk. We are talking about a one of one. Right. Right. Yeah. It was, uh, that would be silly. Yeah. Any, any 32 NFL teams can use Julio Jones. Yes. Like, <laughs> yeah. The Falcons can no... use Julio Jones. <laughs> Right, yeah, and and the Falcons are just, and I don't necessarily blame the Falcons for moving on. You know, they they, they Ridley looks amazing. Uh, he looks like he's going to be really good, and kind of what everybody thought he was going to be. It's not like he was a, a surprise. Uh, and then you know, what's why do I always forget his name? The tight end they just drafted, uh, Pitt. Yeah, Kyle Pitts. <laughs> I always forget his name for some reason. I think because it's just a really like normal short name. <laughs> you know, like there's not like it's just like real quick two syllables Kyle Pitts you know and I just forget it all the time but I mean he's he's an absolute freak and depending on how he develops you know he he has a lot of Julio Jones type qualities in the way he plays obviously he's not a bona fide wide receiver and he, he's he's probably never going to be able to separate like like Julio separates but uh you know he has a lot of freakiness to his game too so 
I mean, I can kind of see where why the Falcons are doing what they did, but it just sucks that a guy that had that type of career doesn't get to just stay with the same team, you know? Right. But, so, yeah, new regime, uh, new head coach, new GM, and there's a lot of money to pay him. So, yeah, right, right, right. To turn face. So, could you imagine at the end of his year, at the, I mean, not so much Twilight, but five years from now, George Kittle will be 32. And could you imagine Kittle playing for another No, I mean, I guess, I guess if, if his injury issues kind of like persisted, I could, I could see it, but. Um, you know, it, it, it's just like that's the type of guy that like obviously the on-field product matters, but he's like the face of an organization, you know, like he – Kittle's just as much the face of the organization as Jimmy Garoppolo ever was. And and it's like for a tight end to like just be like the guy is just – it's just different. It's You know, they're not – George Kittle's in, in every way, shape, and form is not a normal like type of person. No, he just—they don't come around like that very often. He's a person that you want to be a face of the franchise, and it happened like right away—not in his rookie year, but he—he he showed some signs. I mean, year, the but. dude on primetime TV was staring at the sky cam, <laughs> smiling at it. Like, who does that? Right. <laughs> in the middle of a game, like, like, yeah, I got a couple seconds. Let's just look at the sky cam and make a creepy ass face. Yeah, he's great like, for that. And, and then, I mean, just on TV, on just pounding beers on a yeah, couple different occasions. So yeah, like that's that's honestly the guy that you should that you should want your franchise to be. He's got a future career in the in the WWE if if for some reason NFL doesn't last too long. Even more so than like Gronk tried to have. Like George Kittle's just an, he's an animal. It would be a shock but, if he didn't end up. In, I know. Seriously. What was your, uh, what was your, what were your thoughts on, um, on Mike McDaniel's first presser with the 49ers? It was cool, man. I liked that he was, he seemed down to earth. He, he had a good sense of humor. So he's making light of some of the questions. Um, he would say, that's a good question. And then he would laugh about it, but it was good. I think that he was prepared. Obviously, I really did. So, you know, he better come off as a smart guy. Um, but he didn't seem like he was talking over. He didn't seem like he was talking like down on the reporters. Um, he just made it seem very, um, just like a friendly dude who, who just likes to talk about football. He went into pretty good detail, pretty much every question he got too. So that was cool. Um, I didn't know what to expect. So seeing him answer every question and go in depth was good for me. It was good enough for me. And um, I want to see what it's like when the 49ers offense struggles. Because it's probably not going to happen a lot, but it'll happen, you know, a couple of games where they're just not going to be in sync or not going to be on the same page as usual. So I want to see how he how he comes off when you know that everything's not sunshine and rainbow right yeah you can tell he's a very very smart person you know like he's very much you could i i got the impression that he very much kind of like lives within himself uh-huh Good one. you Good know one. like he, he he just like he he may outwardly look like and I know he's gone through some struggles in his life and stuff like that but he he just he seems like very very smart and he he just is in real control of the things that he's thinking and saying. And, and it, he just, he seems a lot like not quite as, as uh, I don't know, outward as Kyle Shanahan, but you could tell they share a lot of similarities in the fact that they just seem kind of like in tune with exactly what they're thinking. And he was able to vocalize it a lot, which is a, a super underrated coaching quality. You know, like you, as a coach, you have to like, like you can have it all figured out in your head, but if you can't vocalize it and express it to like your players or your staff, then you're not going to do well. Like it, it doesn't matter what your potential was in your head. 
you have to be able to say it and and say it in a way for your players and your staff to understand it. And he seemed like he could do that. He seemed pretty good at explaining things. You so know? He, he came out and said that. He actually said it's all about relationship with the human being. So he knows it's about people. And a lot of times the nerds don't understand the human side of things. And he, he seems like he has a pretty good grasp of that. But uh, he's been with Kyle since t- 2006, aside from the 2009-2010 or 2009-2010 season. They've been together for a long freaking time. Yeah, well, and that, and that kind of led to what I felt was the, one of the most more interesting answers. And I this might have been a Grant question too, not to single out Grant's question, but they have they have a, a tendency of drawing interesting responses. So, um, I think it was Grant that asked if there was ever going to be an opportunity or or the option of Mike calling plays. Oh yeah, yeah. And and I thought that answer was was pretty like definitive if that's if that's a good word he basically said like i've been with kyle shanahan like a long time like 14 years like the buck stops with him and he is the best we have when it comes to calling plays like he basically said like me stepping in and calling plays would be like a detriment to the team you know like He's like, it wouldn't make sense for him to selfishly step into that role when Kyle's the one that gives them the best chance to win. Am I, did I read that right? Yeah, no, 100%. He, so there are no gray areas about who is calling plays on the 49ers despite him having the offensive coordinator title. He, he made it sound like, hey, this is what Kyle does, man. He, he, ha- he said, McDaniel said, he has an unbelievable ability to do two things at once. And um, he – I imagine he just makes it clear that, hey, I'm going to call plays. But at the same time, McDaniel went out of his way to say he's very collaborative. He likes our ideas. He likes us to be unique and not so much where just because Kyle says something, he wants them to go along with it. So um, because Kyle calls plays doesn't mean that McDaniel didn't put something in on Tuesday or one of the other coaches didn't have a suggestion that went on Wednesday to be a, a part of the game plan. So that, that, was, that was cool to know that while it is Kyle's ship, uh, he's not, you know, he's not not listening to everybody else on on the coaching staff in the offense room. Yeah, I was I would thought the same thing. Like, obviously, you had the the you know him dismissing the idea of anybody but Kyle calling plays, which I just thought I think everybody would kind of assume that. But it was interesting to hear somebody like Mike McDaniel, who you know has already gotten an extreme amount of interest when it comes to being an offensive coordinator for other teams that does call plays, and. He just it was just funny how quickly he was like, Oh no, 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 no. Like that's that ain't that ain't it. Like and it wasn't it wasn't because Kyle would be like he thought Kyle would be like, fuck no. It was because like, no, 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 like Kyle needs to be the one calling plays. And and right behind that was what you just talked about. The fact that and I was even a little bit surprised by that because I kind of sense and, and obviously I think with, with NFL coaching there's always a certain level of arrogance involved. Um but I've always thought Kyle was like pretty sure of everything he thinks, which would at this level probably be more of a flaw than like a good thing, you know, cause there's so many smart people around you, but Mike McDaniel was super adamant about the fact that Kyle was the most like collaborative coach he's ever worked with. You know, I thought that was interesting and that, you know, I'm glad you mentioned that because it was just, he was like, no, like he makes it clear that he's the one responsible for anything that happens but he that you know in 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 a way that makes it to where everybody around him is going to be more apt to share ideas because it's not like they're afraid of some sort of consequences 
Like Kyle has made it clear that he's the head coach. The buck stops with him. Anything bad that happens is on him. But and, and but I want to know what you guys are thinking and what you guys know because it, it, it benefits everybody. But I thought that was interesting. I hadn't really necessarily thought about Kyle Shanahan being a really collaborative coach, but it was cool to hear someone say he was. It really was. And he 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 kept making sure that he told us he really he values McDaniel's opinion. McDaniel's opinion. And he wanted to say that they have a great working relationship, but Shanahan is accountable for calling the plays. Like he knows the expectation and everybody on the 49ers knows the expectation. And he said, I think one of the best aspects that the San Francisco 49ers have going on is we have one of the best play callers to have done it. And he's done it for multiple years. So again, like, as you mentioned, it'd be a detriment. Like why change? They have been one of the better offenses. Any Kyle Shanahan offense has been one of the best offenses in the league whenever he has, you know, a healthy quarterback. So if that's the case, you're not going to change that. If it ain't fixed, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right. Um, I thought it was funny that I didn't know he went to Yale. Have you seen Moneyball? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, like, when he's having that conversation with, with Peter Brand, the uh, Jonas <laughs> character, yeah. uh, and he tells him that he went to Yale, you know, and he's like, he's like, baseball, economic, Yale, baseball, economics, or something like that. Right. And, it, and with the moment he said he went to Yale, I was like, holy shit. Mike McDaniel is that character for Kyle Shanahan. Like, you know, it's the, it's a dude that's insanely smart that decided to use his smarts for the benefit of football. And obviously that's what, that's how Kyle Shanahan is too. But um, I just thought it was funny, man. I love Moneyball. Like if, if there was some type of, I don't know, a counter, uh, a tally of the movies I've watched the most, I think Moneyball is number one. Really? Like I just, absolutely love that movie and i'm one of those people that enjoys like a little bit of noise when i go to sleep like not a lot obviously um but i always uh, con not constantly but commonly will put moneyball on my phone and whether i'm watching it or not i'll just flip if i if i want to go to sleep i just flip it over and and i just listen to the movie because like the script is so good and like the stuff that the people say is just so cool like I don't know. It's it's a weird. I have a weird relationship with that movie. That's fascinating. I would have never guessed that. I just love it, dude. Like, and it, and obviously it wouldn't work for like an action movie in where which people aren't talking, right? Because all you would hear is a bunch of noise. But just to like, me, like the script is so good, and the shit they say is so like interesting to me. So I, I can just listen to it like an audio book almost. So I love that movie. Love. I'm not even a huge baseball guy by any means. But that movie is is outstanding to me. So, anyways, you uh, the, what I want to leave off when it with when it comes to Mike McDaniel was and, and another interesting answer from him, which I appreciate was you asked him about Aaron Banks. Tell us tell us about that. Yeah, I want to know if the 49ers were you know maybe trending toward a different offensive philosophy and not so much um, a different philosophy, but adding more man and gap schemes because Aaron Banks large human being, which seems to be, you know, the theme of 49ers drafts in recent years. So I was like, I asked McDaniel, are you guys going to run more man and gap schemes? Because drafting Aaron Banks, the size profile you would think, you know, wouldn't be so much zone stuff. It would be getting on a man because he was right there. So he said, yeah, we've heard that. And for us, it's funny because our history is smaller offensive linemen. And he said he actually said we prefer everybody to be four hundred pounds and six ten <laughs> if you could if you could engineer that. 
So right then, and this this seems like that was part of his answer for every question where he's just making the he was keeping the situation light. So I appreciated that part because I mean, no matter what we're talking about, no matter what we're asking, this is football and it's a game, man. It is not that serious. So I'm I'm glad that he has that same train of thought as well. But um, back to his answers, he said, we do a lot of gap schemes and man schemes in our offense. Um, I don't know how true that is. I do know that they do a lot of combo stuff or were anyway uh, towards the end of 2019, which goes back to McDaniel's genius anyway. Uh, but to say that we're changing things, he said, nope. And he said that we did feel like Banks has a skill set and then they, they trust their offensive line coaches, uh, Chris Forrester and Butch Berry. And that was initially good enough for them because they liked his skill set. He said he had a lot of skills. And we like that he's big. <laughs> he said he's just going to have to run fast while being big. Uh, Notre Dame's offensive coordinator, I forgot what his name was, something long. But he, uh, he told uh, Jake Hutchinson of KNBR that Aaron Banks is one of the best screen offensive linemen that he's ever seen. So that kind of tells you that he's nimble in space. He can move. Yeah. yeah, Yeah, you have to be able to get on the guys in the second level, make plays in space. So maybe that's why they're not going to change. But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see you know, how Banks stands out because Trent Williams, large human being. But Daniel Brunskill isn't like a big guy. And um, Alex Mack's not you know, a terribly big guy. Uh, I, I can't remember what how big Lakin Thomas is off the top of my head, but I don't think he's like a large human compared comparatively. He is Lakin Tomlinson is much wider than he yes. is tall. Like like his arms are like the width or the diameter of like my waist. Like so he's six he three, but he's three hundred and twenty pounds. So I would not guess that at all. But you mentioned what wide, so that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, Lakin Tomlinson looks like I, I mean, I don't know this, but he looks like he would probably be like the top, like a top three to five strongest guys on the team. Would not. Like, he just, he has that look, you know, like the dude could probably rep 350 like 30 times. So like, just get it out of the way. You know, he's just a big, 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 big dude. So yeah, I thought everything you said about Aaron Banks was cool, but it really just kind of came down to like, we just thought he was really good. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. it, 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 you know will he fit? in in more specific ways than others probably um but they really just didn't at least they acted like it didn't really come down to that like it was just just really good right he's just really good and and like they're just gonna say hey we need you to reach this guy like that it is what it is like sure they could probably find a faster guy to do that but that just it seems like his other skill sets just kind of you know, overlapped whatever, you know, down downsides they felt in related to like his mobility or his speed, you know, and that's fine. I, he was obviously, you know, one of the things I, I noticed right away is he was really good in pass protection and the 49ers interior of the offensive line, especially on that side was not uh, last year. So at, at the very least, you know, whatever he, he gets, however good he gets in the run blocking part of things, um, you, you're at the very least benefiting on the pass protection side of things. So, uh, and for a, uh, either a rookie or a brand new quarterback that's going to be stepping in at some point, you know, that's never a bad thing. Yeah, so. this offensive line has a chance to be quite good just because um, if Banks is serviceable, competent, uh, you have all pro left tackle, you have a left guard who had a down year, but Tomlinson is a really good player. Right, very uh, solid. Alex Mack, another really good player. 
And then I think I don't think Michael Vinci is as terrible as people people make him out to be. He just no, you know, he's not. He, uh, his sacks just happen at the worst possible times. So of course that's what you're gonna remember. But um, if Banks is just if he's just you know kind of good, this offense can be very very dangerous because that's what it's gonna run through. It's gonna be does Jimmy have time to get rid of the ball? Are there holes for Mostert and Sermon? So if that is the case, yeah, man, it's uh, this offense is gonna be able to put up a lot of points. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. But speaking of Jimmy, good little segue there from the from the expert KP. Oh, um, apparently he had the best spring ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really lighting it up in those uh, in those QB drills and those indie drills and those uh, what seven reps of eleven on eleven that he had. Right. Uh, I mean, yeah, that was oh, Kyle. Oh, Kyle, best spring ever. He was also wrong because he said that this was only his second spring with the team. Unless I'm wrong. I could very well be wrong. So he obviously didn't get one in 2017 because that's when he showed up for the last five games. So he got one before 2018 season, and then he tore his ACL. So he didn't get one in 2019. In the COVID last year. And and then, well, yeah, so COVID was last year. And he did say that. So I guess it's like two and a half. I mean, they didn't, did they, was the first thing they did training camp last year? Um, yeah, I think so. Because everything was canceled. Okay. In the spring. Then I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the one that's wrong. Then. But so. I mean, still, he said, I thought Jimmy came in great shape, really locked in good place physically and mentally. Uh, what, what else is he going to look like <laughs> at this point? <laughs> I know, man. I know. It was just a funny thing to say. So, yeah, he's, he, he was right when I guess this technically is only his, like, second spring with the team. But, like, what is that? Like you said, what does that even mean? What is, like, is, is there some sort of competitive advantage that can be gained in the spring? I don't know. But but he, he's, um, just, he's just at, answering the question that he was asked. He, yeah, he's he asked, do you feel good about where he is? And what kind of spring do you think Jimmy had? So yeah, he's just gonna say, yeah, he had a good spring. <laughs> That's pretty yeah, much how I take it. His best ever. And you're like, <laughs> out of two. Yeah, yeah. Really, uh, so, really high praise there from you, Kyle. But I mean, I'm I'm not down on Jimmy G at all. Like I, I've I've said this going all the way back to when it became clear that the 49ers, you know, when they traded up the third overall, I was like, look, man, like it's really like a sink or swim situation for him. And it would not surprise me if if Somebody like Trey Lance, who has no problem pushing the ball down the field, uh, shows up, and all of a sudden we see a Jimmy G that is way more aggressive. Because who? I mean, who's been challenging him? Exactly. Yeah. No one Nobody. ever at all. Not even at close. CJ Beathard. Had, so there yeah. were some talks about CJ Beathard, or not CJ Beathard, but Nick Mullins being as good as Jimmy Garoppolo. I can promise you that is not the case. That has never been the case. Those not two even remotely close. are not playing the same sport, and people like I I have ripped on Jimmy before, but I, I just tell call it how I see it. So whether that right. is Brandon Ayuk dropping a pass, whether that's Fred Warner missing a, a read, or Dre Greenlaw, whoever it may be, um, and if Jimmy doesn't play well, I say it. If he does play well, I say it. And the, the difference between him as a quarterback and Mullins is just night and day. Like we shouldn't even the fact that those conversations are being just tells you everything about like a fan's brain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, I, yeah, I know, man. And we had to hear it way too much too. But it was just, uh, it just would not surprise me. There's so much for what people don't realize is like, yeah, Jimmy could like curl into a ball and just be a bitch about it all. Like, but that wouldn't benefit him at all right. or his career or, 
you know, his status with the team, his outlook in the locker room, like what people kind of don't really talk about is the fact that like Jimmy Garoppolo loves the people in the locker room and they love him. He doesn't have any motive to just kind of like shut down. You know, it, it just one, it wouldn't be like him. No, you, nothing about the person has said that he would act like that. And two, it just wouldn't benefit at all. And, and, and I think that it, uh, again, it just wouldn't surprise me if Jimmy Garoppolo went out there and played really, really good. And, and obviously the 49ers would love that because they win football games. Trey Lance gets to see what good quarterback play looks like. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's trade value goes through the roof. Uh, you know, and there's all these things that it would only benefit the 49ers for Jimmy Garoppolo to play well. So that would be interesting to see if, you know, we saw a more aggressive Jimmy that was pushing the ball down the field. Because um, if you remember George Kittle in his lone media appearance, he talked about, you know, there was a play where uh, Trey Lance at the end of practice went and he was rolling to the right and hit like a guy on a seven round corner route down the field. And, you know, they weren't really expecting that because that was a read that you would have thought a quarterback would have thrown last. So in that sense, uh, are we going to see Jimmy do that more? Because if he does push the ball down the field, the 49ers will not have a problem moving the ball. Like that is one of my biggest issues is uh, he doesn't do that. So when you do that, you open up the field for everybody else. You open up the running game. The safeties can't come down. And just, I mean, so on and so forth. There's so many different uh, aspects of the benefiting to push the ball down the field. Right, and it, and it, Jimmy Garoppolo probably has at least like ten million dollars to 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 win when it comes to what another team would be willing to to give him. Yeah, you know, like either either he plays so well that he plays out the season and get the Forty ers would trade him. And he would he would continue to get paid what the 49ers paid him. Probably, you know, he'd obviously the team he'd get traded to would probably extend him, but the amount they would have to pay him would be right around what he was already getting paid. And I could even, you know, again, if he plays well this season, I could even see him getting a little bit of a raise just based on the quarterback market. Yeah, you know, he's like, 29. He still has like right. a second or quote unquote career ahead of him. He can definitely get another contract out of it. So it, it really would benefit everybody for him to play well, and no more, no one more so than himself. Right. So, it, and, and he knows that if he plays like shit, and I know that I can't remember his name. There's somebody that listens to this podcast that hit me up on Twitter and says he takes a shot every time I say Jimmy plays like shit. So, so, there's, <laughs> so, so there's there's two shots right there just in this oh, episode. Man, you're trying to so I'm sorry, I, I I don't remember his name. I could go back and find it, but it was hilarious. It was such a good, Enjoy good tweet. Enjoy that drink. Um, and I just, right when I said it, I was like, oh, sorry. <laughs> and he also mentioned the fact that I'm I'm, I'm cussing, uh, and sometimes his kids are listening to the podcast, so I apologize about that as well. Um, but anyways, it, I'm just, you got to realize I did seven years in the military. I and that military and you, mouth. I know, man. You learn the uh, if you have a th- uh, a four word sentence, then you're gonna say the f word like five times. So it's <laughs> in the that's how they talk. So I'm you're gonna I'm trying my best here, but um, yeah, it, it, you know if he plays bad and he gets replaced by Trey Lance, and then that's essentially you know a team's not gonna give up nearly as much. They're not gonna they're gonna want to rework his contract in a way that saves that team money. It, it it's just it's two very very different roads. For, for depending on what how Jimmy Garoppolo plays. And uh, it, it to me, that, like we're kind of saying, it, it wouldn't surprise me if that drove him to just be 
maybe a little bit more than than we've really ever seen from him. Not that he was he would deliberately down, you know, play bad or play less than he's capable of, but just being in that situation can can change the way he looks at the game and and he knows he's got a you know, a new wolf biting at his heels and and he's got to do his thing. So, yeah. it just wouldn't surprise me. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing if he's moving around a little bit more, if he's rolling out more, if he's um, you know, just doing the sprint outs and stuff and if not even that because I feel like so he is a lot he's a much better athlete than people give him credit for. He doesn't run fast, but he moves well. Like he moves well in the pocket, obviously, without when he doesn't have a jimpy ankle. And I just wish he would run more because the middle of the field seems like it's wide open a bunch of times where he could just run like get five or six yards. And that would that's a good play for your offense. So he did it a few times over the past couple of seasons, but I just wish he would do it more. And maybe as you mentioned, Lance pushing the ball down the field, maybe seeing him run a little bit will cause Jimmy to use his legs more. So the trickle down effect for Jimmy playing better. Um, I mean, it, it can go in a lot of different directions. Yeah, it can. It can. So, I mean, I, even if you are a, a big fan and proponent of Trey Lance and you want him to be on the field, um, you you still got to at least talk to yourself about all the benefits of Jimmy Garoppolo playing well. You know, it, it really would benefit the team in, in a lot of ways, and in, including benefiting Trey Lance. So uh, I am very much – hoping that Jimmy Garoppolo plays well just for everybody's sake, because that's, that's kind of like the path to, to the best end result when it comes to, you know, whether that's one or two years down the line, Jimmy Garoppolo playing well this season would be a huge thing, you know, not, not even to mention the fact, even if he just continued to play like Jimmy Garoppolo, the one we know, you know, inconsistent, but if he played 16 games, then you're still looking at a big deal. So, or excuse me, 17, sorry, yeah, 17 games. Yeah, right. So, I know, man. Ah, it sucks. It sounds so horrible just to say it's, uh, ten and seven or eleven and six. What is that? Ugh. They only, they only, they're only at seventeen now, so that they can get to eighteen. Oh, it's coming. Yeah, and uh, which I'm really, I mean, it's still a long season and so hard on players. But it, if if they even try and mention that eighteenth game, there better be a second bye, and they better only have two preseason games. You know, like. They're going to have to make some some adjustments for the players, but anyways, that's that's what we could do a whole podcast. <laughs> right, I've been good there. Yeah, all right, man. Any uh, any closing thoughts? Anything we uh, we we overlooked? No, man. I mean, no no mandatory mini camp. The 49ers will be off for pretty much a month right. and a half. We'll report to training camp on July thirty first. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, I forgot to mention that 49ers canceled everything else. So the next time we see them will be from, you know, you know, the, sh- the offseason show training camp. So uh, it'll be which will be fun. I know KP's uh, planning on getting down there. Uh, I'm going to try and get down there for at least the first like eight or nine days uh, before my school year starts. So uh, it could be could be fun. You know, hopefully we can do some on location podcasts and stuff. That'd be cool. I can't but, wait. Um, yeah, man. At training camps when it gets real. I love training camps. So, um, all right, man. Well, uh, hey, to everybody listening, including the the gentleman that hit me up about uh, about saying Jimmy Garoppolo plays like like crap. Uh, I appreciate you. I appreciate you guys for listening to the podcast and making what it is. Uh, make sure you're following both of us on Twitter at kp underscore show at rob underscore louder. Um, make sure if you're listening to the pod, make sure you're rating, reviewing, and subscribing on the platforms in which you are listening. But that's it. Just know that I appreciate you and the fact you guys are sticking with us. Uh, make sure, you, hey, just make sure you show KP some love on Twitter. Um, you know, he's 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 the new he's the new number, the new uh, right hand man. So give us some love, but 
Hey, you already know what it is. This is Striking Gold. That's KP. I'm Rob, and we are signing. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.